Whoa, wait a minute. Her iconic cover and rearrangement of Girls Just Wanna Have Fun established her as a feminist icon. Oh, so it's a cover? What? I didn't know it was a cover. I thought this was her. Did I? Girls Just Wanna Have Fun is a song written and first recorded in 1979 by American musician Robert Hazard. I guess he did the misogynist version, probably. Yo, I want to take a listen to this misogynist version of Girls Just Wanna Have Fun. (laughs) The whole first minute of the song is just heavy breathing. (laughs) But with a a good beat in the background. Yeah, oh, great beat, yeah. Hey everyone and welcome to Wiki University, a podcast that dives down the rabbit hole of Wikipedia to explore the sum of all human knowledge. I'm Kyle Berseth, your host and dean of this fine institution, and as always I'm joined by our summa cum laude, Jason Nunez. If this is your first time at WikiU, thanks for tuning in. Jason and I are comedians, and this is a podcast that combines learning and comedy, so it's for smart people and dumb people alike. In every episode, Jason and I get together over Zoom and attempt to link two very different topics across Wikipedia. So strap on and strap in, because on this episode of WikiU, we're starting back at the American Revolution when it seemed like the United States would never even become a country until the French saved our asses with the Expedition Particulaire. Then we'll be singing our way across Wikipedia all the way to feminist and pop icon Cindy Lauper. All right, Jason, let's, uh, do you want to get started here? Yeah, let's do it. Hey, you know me. You know what I am about my topic. I don't know what, what? I'm, a, <laughs> what? I'm a, Oh, you're excited. Yeah. You're excited about your topic. Yeah. You pulled a last minute audible on your topic. What is, you were going to do the NFL AFL merger, but then you said, no, I'm going it's a, I to mean, France. It's, it's an interesting. It's an interesting article or topic, I should say. The 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 merger. I don't know too much of a, about it, but I wanted to know more in the spirit of the Super Bowl that's right around the corner. Yeah. But you broke the news to me that these get uh, released about a month later. So <laughs> yeah. by then we'd be celebrating St. Patrick's Day, and I'd be looking like an idiot talking about how Tom Brady uh, won the Super Bowl. <laughs> Fingers crossed that's correct. <laughs> Fingers crossed. <laughs> yeah. Place your bets, everybody. <laughs> they're a month late and they're wrong. Rooting for the old guy in this case. Okay. Rather than... Uh, that's interesting because I thought as a Washington football team fan, you would have been a huge fan of the Chiefs. No, that doesn't translate. That's a different tribe. We literally hate that tribe. Oh. Yeah. Oh, okay. Sorry. I I didn't know the ins and outs and the intricacies of... Uh, well, you don't know what the fuck you're talking about when it comes to Native American shit. Like, I am. All right, all I'm right, a Native so American. Ta- oh, sorry. I know. Sorry. I promised Kyle I wouldn't curse in the first five minutes. And I already fucked it up. God damn it. <laughs> I'm sorry, Kyle. 
Kyle's been Kyle's been really reprimanding me after class. Everybody, I don't know if everyone's aware, but I get punished I, real good after class. Kyle oh keeps, yeah, you get yeah. A, a a big on flogging <laughs> after class when you curse those yeah, curse words. Bends are, me over and gives me a goose and. <laughs> <laughs> A big old Greek goosin. Hey, but hey, uh, look, I've been to Catholic school. I get it. So this isn't new to me. All right. So, so Jason, your topic isn't football. <laughs> yeah, what? let's get down to it. <laughs> no, is... We're going to go through what my topic isn't. That's the first one. <laughs> That's the first topic that my topic is not. <laughs> um, <laughs> my, my topic that I stumbled upon that I find very interesting, I just want to know more. It's called the Expedition Particulier. I believe it's French for particular. Is that how it's pronounced? Expedition? Expedition Particulier. Particular. 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 Yeah, I love when you pick topics that are in other languages. <laughs> That's super helpful for my reading ability. Yeah, it's a French word uh, that I... I forget what it's. It's two French words. Okay, it's a it's a French saying. You know the old French saying, "Expedition particular." Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've never heard anyone say that French saying. There's yeah, it means it means uh, when in Rome. When in Rome, go Greek. <laughs> All right, so my topic is Cindy Lauper because I had a dream last night that White Bones. Sometimes White Bones looks out our window with binoculars. We're on a hill. Binoculars? Wow, that's Crete level shit. What is she doing? <laughs> she's lucky she's a woman. You can't do that. You know, I thought about that, and we had a big discussion about being a peeping Tom or not last night, yeah. and she accused me of being a peeping. She was getting undressed, and I said... I said, hey, the windows are wide open, sweetheart. I think the neighbors can probably see a view of you. And she's like, yeah, probably, but they just catch a glimpse. And I was like, well, yeah, it starts as a glimpse, but then you're looking for the glimpse. It becomes a full-on view. If if I'm living next door and I catch a glimpse, eventually it's going to be a full-on view because I know where the glimpse is. Of course. And she, she, she accused me. Of being a peeping Tom. And I was like, you're only a peeping Tom if you're off your property. Right. If you're on your property. Yeah. She accused you of being a man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, no lie. I was walking Luna one night. Yeah. This was up in Big Bear. And I accidentally saw a dude taking his pants off. <laughs> That's on him. All right. Yeah. That's okay. on so him. He stayed. It okay. So what happens? Full view. Happens <laughs> so I, st- I so I took my pants <laughs> off. <laughs> so anyway, you know, I'm walking the dog. If I see a dude naked, if I see a woman naked, I'm gonna look. Right. That's just for me. I didn't. I didn't go out to peep. Right. Right. But my <laughs> theory is, you cannot. One cannot be a peeping tom on your own property. Right. Yeah. Maybe maybe if you have a telescope, perhaps. Right. right. I hold that say I hold that same logic when it comes to like like if I if I see if my radar detects a gorgeous woman, uh-huh. I don't go out of my way to look and gawk, but yeah. If she so happens to be 
coming through my eyesight or in your if possibly I maneuver myself so that she eventually <laughs> goes within the eyesight. I think I think that's because I'm in my own zone, you know, so. Right. You're but, in your property. But at the same time, I, I would I don't I would hate to be that, you know, person who's like legit gawking. But sometimes there's just str- I mean, sometimes let's be honest, ladies, sometimes you guys come out. And you want people to look at you. Oh boy, your <laughs> words, not mine. Those are those are Jason's words. I'll look, but those are Jason's words. Yeah, I mean, I think I think all ladies have a look but don't touch policy. Period. The the thing is, you know, you seen one naked body, you seen them all. Uh, I was in New York City visiting a friend one time, and we were in his apartment, and you know, I was just looking out uh, over the city. And what do we have here? Just right down in my view. It's a naked lady cooking. And it's like, well, this is a naked lady in a scenario that is different from a normal naked lady. Yeah. I have no choice but to look. Was she recording it? Or she was just that was just on her own accord? I don't know if she was doing a, she was on her OnlyFans. <laughs> That's what I mean. She's got like cooking videos with her. With her top off? That's, yeah. At any rate, I didn't mean to get too far down the rabbit hole here. Yeah, I'm all but I, had up. A dr- I had a dream last night. You know, sometimes Christine does have binoculars. She likes looking at the birds, but we're also on a hill. So sometimes she'll look down. Like at there's people. like some warehouse buildings yeah. down across the way. And she's seen some weird stuff at like one in the morning where people are pulling up. It feels like human trafficking vibes, right? Whoa, okay. So... Th- this is getting That's in my real head. dark real quick. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You went yeah. from bird watching Welcome to, to the peeping Tom to straight up trafficking. Hey, man, the birds aren't out at night, you know? So anyway, last night I had a dream that Christine was watching and she witnessed a murder. She saw three people walk in the alley, heard a gunshot, two people walk out. Turns out the cops are doing a, an investigation here in my dream. Sydney Lauper was trying to buy prescription painkillers from sh- some drug dealers, and they killed her in the alley. White Bones witnessed it. What? And so today, my topic is Sydney Lauper, <laughs> who's very much alive. And I also, I have no idea who she is, and you're very surprised at that. I am surprised that girls just want to have fun. Okay, I guess. <laughs> you know the song girls yeah, just yeah. want to have she fun sang that? She sang, I don't know she sang the, that I didn't see her record that album that record She's a, she is a 80s icon man she is the so anyway <laughs> we could go back in history yeah or we could go forward in history from mm. ex, Expedition Particular to Cindy Lauper or Cindy Lauper to Expedition Particular. You know me, man. I always like to move forward. Maybe we go from past to present if she's still alive, I guess. Let's start at the Expedition yeah. Particular. <laughs> I don't know what how I'm gonna pronounce this eight different ways, and then we'll make our way to the nineteen eighties and Cindy Lauper. The Expedition Particular was a code name given by the French government for the plan to sail French 
land forces to North America to support the American rebel forces against Britain in the American Revolutionary War. So it's just a code name. In English, it was known as the Special Expedition. Ah, that's how I'll be pronouncing it from here on out. <laughs> God damn it. It's, <laughs> it's not, not, not too much of a code, right? <laughs> I like the idea of, like, back then, French and Americans, they were writing letters, you know, uh, trying to plan this, and yeah. the Americans keep crossing out Expedition Particular and writing Special, special Expedition. Exp- <laughs> Ah, all right. So the expedition, 5,500 strong. Arri- so it happened. It arrived in America on the 11th of July, 1780. A second wave of 2,500 was intended to join them, but was unable to escape the British blockade of Brest. <laughs> okay. After remaining I wrote inactive that wiki for- article of that part. <laughs> <laughs> After remaining inactive for almost a year, Rochambeau marched his troops south to rendezvous with George Washington's Continental Army for a planned attack on New York City. At Rochambeau's urging, Washington abandoned the planned attack, and instead they moved into Virginia to join with the French fleet of Admiral Francis de Grasse to trap Lord Cornwall's British army at Yorktown forcing its surrender in 1781. I believe this was depicted at the end of the Mel Gibson Sexiest Man Alive Mel Gibson movie The Patriot. That is correct, Kyle. That is correct. You remember uh, that? Is that see, how you, you learned about picked, this? Now I know you see why I picked it for my real love of I Mel guess. Gibson. <laughs> You're like, can we just go to Mel Gibson immediately? That's crazy though that he like after they got there, they're just like they're they're posted up in the US for like a year. They're not doing anything for a year. Yeah. They're just waiting on orders. That's nuts. Just chilling, eating crepes. That's nuts. That sounds pretty nice. That's <laughs> eating grapes. Crepes. Oh crepes? crepes? No. Why? Yeah, French. They're in French America. crepes. We, they didn't they had to bring the crepes. We, they right, couldn't, they they couldn't find French a good crepe place around here back then. Are you kidding me? <laughs> That's why it took so long for them to join up. They're, they were in yeah. search of a crepe place. <laughs> they couldn't find a good... They, they sent letters back saying, hey, man, we can't find a decent crepe place around here. We're on a new special expedition, yeah. and it's to find the best crepe place in New York City. <laughs> took them a year. Can't even do it, and I th- I feel like they. Th- that's why Rochambeau was just like, I don't think we need to stay here any longer. I think if we go down south, maybe there's some, some we can find. But that's crazy though that because of him, he was just like, yo, we should probably go down to Virginia. Well, let's read about Virginia because there's background about this. France had been in contact with the colonial radicals as early as 1774. Ah, financing the local guerrillas in America. Okay, following the loss of a British army uh, following the loss of a British army during the Saratoga campaign of 1777, France signed a treaty of alliance recognizing American independence in February 1778. This established the Franco-American alliance. All right, so that's the alliance. And then let's go, then the ex- expedition, they took seven ships over, they departed Brest. I can't believe you wrote that part, too. Hell yeah, they did. And here's the Yorktown campaign. 
where things really changed. In July 1781, Rochambeau's army left Rhode Island and marched across Connecticut to join Washington's army on the Hudson River at Dobbs Ferry, New York. From there, the combined forces marched overland to Virginia. During this time... Damn, that's a long walk. Right. During this time, Admiral de Grasse managed to defeat a British fleet sent from New York to evacuate British General Charles Cornwallis at the Battle of the Chesapeake on September 5th, trapping Cornwallis on the Yorktown Peninsula. Where is Yorktown? Virginia? That's Virginia? Yeah, I believe so. All right, we're in your neck of the woods. Let's go to our Virginia correspondent (laughs) coming to us from Springfield, Virginia. Jason, it's you. Why do you keep telling people? (laughs) Stop telling people where I live, Kyle. You know, a lot of people hate me. You know that? A lot of people wouldn't mind me, you know, head head in the box. If you want to peep on Jason with your binocs, (laughs) start roaming around Springfield, Virginia. All right, so... Uh, they trapped Charles Cornwallis at the Battle of the Chesapeake on September 5th. How are you having trouble with Cornwallis? You've never heard of this guy? you never heard how he... No? What do you mean? What do you mean having trouble with him? You're having trouble like with his name. <laughs> Cornwallis. You, call, you called him Cornwall the first time around. Did I? Yeah. <laughs> Lord Cornhole. All right, so he trapped Cornwallis on the Yorktown Peninsula. On September 22nd, Rochambeau and Washington combined forces with those of Marquis de Lafayette and began the siege of Yorktown. The siege ended with the surrender of Cornwallis on October 19th, 1781. Yo, that's the end of... The Patriot. The special expedition, because then they departed to the West Indies. Rochambeau's force spent the winter in Virginia. Big mistake. The following year, they moved north towards New England. Well, all right, the Cape Cod summers in New England (laughs) are beautiful, let me just say. Washington again tried to interest Rochambeau in an attack on New York City, Charleston, or Canada. Yeah, Washington just wanted to attack New York City. This guy was ready. I love that Washington's like, come on, man. Take your pick. Take your pick. What do you want? I've heard there's naked ladies in New York City, Rochambeau. What do you think? You want to head up there? Like, I like how in the beginning, Rochambeau had to convince George Washington to not go to New York City and attack, to rather go to Virginia. Okay? Yeah. And then afterwards, George Washington still wants to go to New York and attack. And Rochambeau's still like, yo, just chill. What was happening in New York? I don't know. I think he just liked it. In terms of, uh, in terms of a bet, he had his money that New York's, you know, kind of nice. Yeah, I guess. Well, he also, he gave him options. He said, we could also go down to Charleston or all the way up to Canada. He's Washington's like, why stop? No, with we could get a whole nother country, yeah. boy. And that's where the French got the idea. I guess so. Well, from George Washington, the Frenchmen rejected the proposals. Orders instead arrived for his expedition to go to the West Indies, and in late 1782, it sailed from Boston to Port-au-Prince. I believe that's Haiti, right? Uh, no clue. However. By then, the Peace of Paris had been agreed, and the planned 1783 campaign in the Caribbean never took place. In late April, the French sailed for home, reaching Brest and Toulon in June 
and July of 1783. Here's the legacy, big legacy here. The expedition has been described as the only substantial force of foreign allies ever to serve on United States soil for an extended period. Yeah, they just chilled for a year here. Imagine that. When's the last time you heard of another country coming over to help us? Like I haven't. This is the last time it happened. That's the legacy. First first and last. Yeah, well, the reason is people would just want to stay here. Sure. But back then? But back then? That'd be kind of tough. Back then, I mean... As a Frenchman, you kind of, you know, I would, I'd be like, I miss France. I got all sorts of biddies back there. J- Jason, things weren't that bad back then we read about jamestown just last week how they resorted to human cannibalism (laughs) (laughs) that's the end of the article i think we could get to the u.s here we're trying to get to cindy lops i she might have started in new york city we could go to new york city but we've been to new york city before yeah she definitely died in new york city in a new york city apart uh hotel no she died in el sereno california in my dreams last night oh that's right jesus oh man moment of silence for her let's have an hour of silence for her (laughs) all right where do you want to go here Uh, what are what are my choices, baby? Give me a little something. Well, we could obviously stick around the American Revolutionary War, or we could time travel a little bit. We could do Washington's Continental Army. We could do New York City, which would give us a real, real quick though. The name Rochambeau isn't that like a game or something? What's that game, Rochambeau? Paper, scissors, rock. Is that rock, paper, scissors? Rock, paper, scissors. Yeah. So have you always said paper? Have you always said it the way you've said it? Because the way you're saying it is incorrect. No, That's I said all. paper, scissors, rock. And then you said rock, paper, scissors. I'm fine either way. Okay, so let's do it. Let's do let's it. Let's do what? Where are we going first? Well, all right. Let's head to the next topic. You have to guide me, Teach. Yeah, I'm trying to. We could. There's a link. Here's a weird link. It's just, The whole thing is in blue. Large amounts of covert financial aid and military supplies. That's a link. I don't know what it goes to. That could be kind of interesting, maybe. It, oh, never mind. It goes to some French dude. We could go to Rochambeau. Let's do that. That's just a little bit more about him. I mean, maybe they say why Rock, Paper, Scissors was named after him. Yeah, let's find out. Well, should I jump right down to legacy? Let me give you a, a general background. So Jean-Baptiste Donat... Well, it's Rochambeau, you get it. (laughs) Marshal Rochambeau was a French nobleman and general whose army played the decisive role in helping the United States defeat the British army at Yorktown. His his name was Jean-Baptiste. Let me just tell you this. I was at an Italian campsite back in 2005 and uh, was traveling with some friends and this random Canadian, and there was this little fat Italian kid. Yeah. Named Jean-Baptiste that lived at the campground. His family owned it. And he had the mannerisms of like an old Italian man, like the gestures. But yeah, he was yeah, a, a little fat 10-year-old. A lot of hand talking. A lot of hand talking. Heavy he on the hands. He would lean on the Heavy bar. On the hands. Yeah. Yeah. It was <laughs> hilarious. Adorable little Italian kid. But yeah. we had him run this Canadian guy we were traveling with that we didn't really know. He went to bed early. We were drinking, not the 10 year old, the 10 year old wasn't drinking, but we said to the 10 year old, Hey, you got to run in and tell the Canadian dude yell that there's a fire. You got to, you got to wake him up and tell him there's a fire just to prank him, you know, 
see what his reaction. So this little fat Italian kid. These are your kind of pranks you were pulling back in 2005, Kyle? Hey, hey man, it's the best I had. <laughs> no, we lit the place on fire. <laughs> anyway, Jean-Baptiste, the fat little Italian kid, goes running in, and he's like, fire, fire, you got to get up, fire, fire, you got to get out. So from here on out, anytime I like I hear the word fire, I'll just go, fire. <laughs> He's probably 20 years old now, or, well, whatever, 2005 plus. He's probably a firefighter. He's at least a volunteer (laughs) firefighter. Definitely, at the campsite. (laughs) All right, so Jean-Baptiste Rochambeau. He was a commander-in-chief of the French Expeditionary Force, which we just talked about, sent by France in order to help the American Continental Army. All right, let's go to Legacy. President Theodore Roosevelt unveiled a statue of Rochambeau by Ferdinand Hammer as a gift from France to the United States on May 24, 1902, standing in Lafayette Square, Washington, D.C. Have you seen that one? I'm sure I have before. Let's go to our D.C. correspondent who is in Springfield, Virginia. I want to go again. That's awesome. Which one? It's the Lafayette Square? Lafayette Square. I believe it's right across or right near the White House, right? Is it, Oh, yeah. Is that the one? Lafayette that Square? That should be. Yeah, that's the one that's... Uh, I don't know. No, that can't be the one on Black Lives Matter Boulevard. Lafayette Square is a seven-acre public park located within President's Park, Washington, D.C., directly north of the White House on H Street. So, yeah, maybe... Yeah. Oh, Lafayette Square is the one that's blocked off in front of the White House. It's a huge, that's a huge park. All right, so that's Lafayette Square. I'm back on Rochambeau. I want to find his legacy here. Rochambeau's son was an important figure in the Haitian Revolution, French Revolutionary, and Napoleonic Wars. It sounds like his son might have done a little more. There is a middle school in, in Connecticut that's named for him. Wait, no, it is. It is that the one in Lafayette Square is Rochambeau. I'm seeing it right now. There's a picture and I zoomed in and it has his name inscribed in the front. I know that, Jason. We just read it. Of course. <laughs> Wiki but, doesn't lie, baby. I don't understand why people wanted to tear it down. That can't be one They of wanted them. to tear down the statue of Rochambeau? I think so, right? Am I incorrect in that? I don't know that they wanted to tear down that. I feel like people just wanted every statue down. Yeah, they were like, is he old? He was probably racist. But I kind of got to defend my boy Rochambeau over here. I kind of like this guy. He's just a Frenchman. He didn't do anything wrong. Yeah, he's just a little crepe baby. Yeah. <laughs> Whoa. Your <laughs> words, not mine. A crepe baby. <laughs> yeah. He loves crepes. <laughs> Holy shit, dude. I'm sick a little bit to my stomach. That was some racial shit you just did against some Frenchman, dude. I, have some respect, man. Tear down my statue. He literally got us our freedom. Oh, ooh, Rochambeau is referenced twice in the American musical Hamilton. You know, look, I I haven't seen Hamilton. I kind of find the dude, Lin-Manuel Miranda, a little annoying. Yeah, um, yeah. No, same. That would get us to New York. He's giving people, he's giving my people a bad name. Theater people? Yeah, theater people, yeah. He's making all theater people look gay. <laughs> oh, wow, your words, not mine. Yeah, that's my only gripe. Love the musical. <laughs> oh, oh, we should we should at least go on here under Rochambeau. He does have a motto, believe it or not. Ooh, okay. 
Is it rock, paper, scissors? <laughs> his motto is paper, scissors, rock. Not in that order. <laughs> his, mo- <laughs> his motto is always throw rock. <laughs> Rochambeau's motto is to live and die valiantly. Okay. I get it. I like Rochambeau. Well, we could go to the White House. We could go to we could go to the musical Hamilton. We can do that. It does take us at least it could take us into one New York or two uh, music music period. Oh, or we could just go to musical or Hamilton. It's two different lengths. Yeah, let's go to musical rather than Hamilton. I don't want to talk about Hamilton. I just you know no spoilers. I haven't seen it. That's why spoilers. You want you want a spoiler? They sing about history. Wait, wait, not not even they sing about history. They rap about history, which it's almost here's why I don't want to see it. It feels like these are the vibes I get. You ever seen like a white couple that does like a parody rap? Ugh, <laughs> gross, <laughs> just, dude. You didn't let Ugh. me finish the sentence. Just a white couple alone? <laughs> Just a plain Jane White pasty Just a plain couple, Tom and Tammy. Married dog. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like me and White Ben. Property owning. <laughs> Hamilton feels like a whole production of that. Yeah. Even if it's well done, it's corny as fuck. Right. But that's the thing. Uh, white folk love corny as Not fuck. Not me, man. Things. Just me. I like... I like me. Not you, but like me. I like how corny I am. Older, older white. I think older yeah. white folk, they like corny ass shit. You know, they grew up with corny ass. Yo, uh, apparently, tons of people like corny ass shit because Hamilton is wildly popular. So are those white parody rap <laughs> videos. Because again, those people like that kind of shit, and there's a lot of them still. I They're just, not dead yet. Give them a give them a. Give I them just a decade hate that half. people are like, "This is so funny." It's a white couple rapping. Ha ha ha! Isn't that? That's not right. like what normal white couples do. They're doing something that's normally reserved for black people. Oh, I love it. Single <laughs> black people. <laughs> Or at least divorce or separated. In the words of Dr. Dre, you don't make a hoe a housewife, you know? Hey, man, truth. Truth to that, Kyle. All right, so. <laughs> Yet White Bones is letting all these peeping Tom. Hey, 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 you're making some, you're treading on some. Yeah, I'm going to flog you, Jason. Hey, sometimes I need a good flogging, man. Yeah, I think you need a, a good old Greek flogging. All right, so musical theater is a form of theatrical performance that combines song, spoken dialogue, acting, and dance. It's got it all. The story and emotional content of a musical, humor, pathos, love, anger, are communicated through words, music, movement, and technical aspects of the entertainment as an integrated whole. Although musical theater overlaps with other theatrical forms like opera and dance, it may be distinguished by the equal importance given to the music as compared with the dialogue, movement, and other elements. Since the early 20th century, musical theater stage works have generally been called simply musicals. Uh, Musicals are performed around the world. They may be presented in large venues such as Big Budget Broadway or West End Productions in New York City or London. Alternatively, musicals may be staged in similar venues such as Fringe Theater Off-Broadway, Off-Off-Broadway. Jeez, can't we just... Let's just keep it Off-Broadway. I mean, at that point, it sounds like you're in New Jersey. (laughs) 
off off Broadway regi- regional theater community theater productions or on tour musicals are often presented by amateur and school groups in churches, schools, and other performance spaces. In addition to the United States and Britain, there are vibrant musical theater scenes in continental Europe, Asia, Australia, Asia, Canada, and Latin America. Whew, okay. So the golden age of musicals was the 1940s to the 1960s, and then there were social themes, and then 1970s to present. Oh, we could go to 1980s and see if Cindy Lop's in there. Maybe she jumped in a musical. Or her songs, I bet. One of her songs must have. All right. I jumped to the 1980s. The 1980s saw the influence of European trash. mega musicals. European oh, trash. my God. This is like my nightmare. A mega musical <laughs> on Broadway in the West End and elsewhere. These typically feature a pop influence score, large casts, and spectacular sets and special effects. The failing chandelier in The Phantom of the Opera, a helicopter landing on stage in Miss Saigon. What? Wait, what? How are they this, landing this is an a outdoor helicopter? theater? These are mega musicals and big budgets. Some were based on novels or other works of literature. The British team of composer Andrew Lloyd Webber and producer Cameron McIntosh started the mega musical phenomenon with their 1981 musical Cats. You got it. Based on the poems of T.S. Eliot. I didn't know that was based on poems. Also, I've never seen Cats, Uh, which overtook... that's not true or something. Uh, Maybe I'm incorrect, who knows? But from what I heard, it was just like, they're not based on... T.S. Eliot, they're based, like, the word jellical just happens to be in one of, like, his writings. Uh Uh-oh. Jason is editing the wiki article to say the musical Cats is based on the poems of T.S. Eliot and his breasts. That is correct. (laughs) Heavy on the breasts, please. Heavy on the breasts. That's why that cat had six six nipples. (laughs) Heavy on the breasts is what I tell uh, the person at KFC and my web browser. (laughs) (laughs) All right. (laughs) Okay, so uh, Cats overtook a chorus line to become the longest-running Broadway show. Lloyd Webber followed up with Starlight Express in 1984, performed on roller skates. The Phantom of the Opera, uh, 1986, would surpass Cats to become the longest-running show in Broadway history, a record it still holds. Damn. Have you seen it? Have I seen Phantom? Yeah. Nah. Yeah, same. I'm not a musical guy, man. I, I'm i trying to think. Oh, I started watching what The Greatest Showman yeah. on a plane once. Did you get through it? <laughs> well, no, the, in the first minute, he started singing. I was like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> I hope nobody saw me watching this. Have you seen... The, what's the South Park one that they that they made? A uh, Book of Mormon. I saw that. That was that was actually great. I would like to see that. I mean, because be also like the songs were funny. Like they were, they're, they're just yeah. I mean, you've seen you've seen South Park the movie. They have songs in that, and they're hilarious. I, I will say yes. I you know I think that would be my exception. I was trying to think of another exception. I got to tell you though, I went to see Lion King. That was kind of cool, but that's just okay. Like, I I already know those songs, so I already I already like those songs. Yeah, that's I grew super up with helpful. And it was actually kind of cool. It was cool to see it performed with live instruments and 
bongos and stuff. So. I got to tell you, I mean, uh, Disney, uh, I guess Disney cartoons are kind of musicals. Definitely. And they knock it out of the park. Yeah. All right, I love musicals, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we turned you. All right, so we are, uh, the mega musicals, huge budgets, redefined expectations for financial success on Broadway and in the West End. In earlier years, it was possible for a show to be considered a hit after a run of several hundred performances, but with multi-million dollar production costs, a show must run for years simply to turn a profit. Mega musicals were also reproduced in productions around the world, multiplying their profit potential while expanding the global audience for musical theater. All right, we are on the we are in the 1990s now. I feel like we could find Cindy Lauper in this article. I feel like she's a New York person, and she she's got that weird voice. She's made for Broadway, man. What about like you were saying? Uh, wasn't there like a pop article, 80s pop, or just pop music? Because she's like she's pop. If you're saying she sang that, if you're saying if that's the truth that she sang that, girls girls just, just want like to have fun. Girls just want to have good times. If she wrote that for real, then she's got to be like the OG when it comes to pop music. It's a lady pop. You know, when it comes to like the Katy Perry's of, of today and stuff like that, like they must have looked up to her and, mm. and, and stuff. So mm. I feel like if we just go around that. I see Elton John. Girls just want to have good time. Oh, girls, just want to have... I love that song. Just want to have good time. Hey, Jason. What's up, bro? I found Cindy Lauper in here. <laughs> she's in She's in this no, article. Like in the article? In the article. In what article? In musicals. In which article? Musicals. In musicals? She's in musicals. I told you. She's got to be in here. She's too... Was she's she too... in musicals or was her music in musicals? Well, good question. I All I see is her name. This is a quote. In 2013, Cindy Lauper was quote unquote first female composer to win the Tony for best score without a male collaborator. She girls do want to have good times. She did it on her own. Yeah. <laughs> the good times are coming. She, that girl said she uh, she well here you go. She got it for writing the music and lyrics for Kinky Boots. Ooh, hubba hubba. In 2000, okay, I went to Kinky Boots. I'm just messing with you. We got to go to Cindy Lauper. Come on. But I did go to Kinky Boots real quick. Hell yeah. Dude, I thought we broke the record last time. I think this is the it new might record. Be. That new new. Would we, would we? This is that new new new. The, the, we're going to the new new. Go- <laughs> That's the new church of Sweden. What's that from? If you- <laughs> what's that from? That's from like episode six, five. Oh yeah, the little new new. It's from, uh, what's the furniture guy? Stickly. It's from the Stickly app. Stickly. Hey man, we made it to Cindy Lauper. She is... Alive and well. What? And she won the Tony and an and uh, I'm sure uh, what's it called? What's the music one? A Grammy? I bet she's won a ton of Grammys. So she's got it. Well, gr- here you go. You've never heard of Cindy. Right. You don't know anything about Cindy Lauper. Never heard of this woman. No, but I've heard her songs. Girls just like to have good times. Girls just like to have good times. Uh, time after good times. Yeah, another good time. Another good time hits. Cynthia. And Stephanie Lauper, also known as Cindy, was born in June 22nd, 1953, and has not died. Is an American singer, songwriter, actress, and activist. Her career has spanned over 40 years. 
her album She's So Unusual, which came out in 1983, was the first debut album by a female artist to achieve four top five hits on the Billboard Hot 100. Girls Just Want to Have Good Times, Time After Good Times, She Bop, and All Through the Night were all on there. And it earned Lauper the Best New Artist Award for the 27th Grammy Awards in 1985. Her success continued with the soundtrack for the motion picture, The Goonies. That's right. I forgot about that. Ah, oh, The Goonies. Great movie. And her. I don't like. I don't like that movie. Get out of here! I'll be the first one to get out of here. This is our time. I, I honestly, here. I haven't even seen it. Down That's how here, much I don't like time. it. <laughs> oh man, you haven't seen it? Come on, there's no singing other than Cindy Lauper in the background. <laughs> A young Josh Brolin. Yeah, but all these kids, like I don't know, it's like. A young Sean Astin. Come on, man. It's past my time. There's no need for me to to watch that. You gotta now. go. It's a Steven Spielberg joint. <laughs> Oh, it's his joint? Yeah. Yeah, but that's pre-Jurassic Park. I don't care for him pre-Jurassic Park. Yes, you do. That was right in the- I, I, Honestly, I don't care for him after Jurassic Park, <laughs> now that I think about it. I just like Jurassic Park. <laughs> no, I'm good with just Jurassic Park. Thank you. Come on, that was right in the heart of Indiana Jones, and that- t- Did he direct Indiana Jones? I, I love Indiana Jones, but I don't like the Goonies. There you go. Yeah. Goonies has the same vibe, man. You got to check it out. All right, so- Her success continued with the soundtrack for the motion picture for the hit, 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 hit movie, The Goonies, and her second record, True Colors, uh, in 1986. This album included the number one single, True Colors, and Change of Heart, which peaked at number three. In 1989, she had a hit with a cover of Roy Orbison's I Drove All Night. Since 1983, Lauper has released 11 studio albums and participated in many projects. In 2010, Memphis Blues became Billboard's most successful blues album of the year. Wow, a little, little change from pop to blues. I, I guess, you know, it's a little sad getting older. Yeah, what year was that? That was 2010. That's legit. And that remained at number one on the Billboard Blues Albums chart for 13 consecutive weeks. In 2013, yeah. Lopper won the Tony Award for the best original score for composing the Broadway musical Kinky Boots. Kink. Kinky. What's it called again? Kinky what? Kinky Boots. Kinky Boots. Yeah. Do you want to know about Kinky Boots? Sure. Hey, if it fits. It was based on the 2005 British film Kinky Boots. Here's the general plot. Uh, it's mostly inspired by true events. I do like that. The musical tells the story of Charlie Price. Having inherited a shoe factory from his father, Charlie forms an unlikely partnership with cabaret performer and drag queen Lola to produce a high line of high-heeled boots and save the business. This has to be one of the few times that teaming up with a drag queen has saved a whole shoe factory. (laughs) Oh, and not only that... Jason, yeah. in the process, Charlie and Lola discover that they are not so different at all. <laughs> hey, Lola, you have a dick, too. Uh, the musical was awarded five other Tony Awards, blah, blah, blah. Lopper was awarded the Grammy Award for Best Musical Theater Album for the cast recording. In 2016, the West End production won the Best Musical at the Olivier Awards. Um, all right, let's... Let's 
pop down here. Lopper is known for her distinctive image featuring a variety of hair colors and eccentric clothing and for her powerful and distinctive four-octave singing range. She has been celebrated for her humanitarian work, particularly as an advocate for LGBT rights in the United States. Her charitable efforts were acknowledged in 2013 when she was invited as a special guest to attend U.S. President Barack Obama's second term inauguration. Yo, how do you not invite her to the first term? I mean, I think, you know, you see her sitting up there, you're like, that's an acceptable you know, member to have. She's famous enough to be invited to any term, I think, of any president. Every term. I think she should be invited to every term until death. I feel like she performed at something recently. Maybe the... Wait, what happened recently? The Grammys, the Emmys, the Oscars, the... One of those things happened recently, I think she performed. Gaga was covered in something, and she performed... Anyway, whatever. <laughs> Gaga's always covered in something. <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's not fair. It's like, oh, what's that awards show where she's covered in something? <laughs> okay, that narrows what it down. What was Gaga covered in this week? <laughs> All right, here's her early life. Lopper was born in Brooklyn to a Catholic family. Her father, Fred, was of German and Swiss descent. Her mother, Catherine, is of Italian descent from Sicily. Lopper's siblings are younger brother, Fred... Nicknamed Butch. This is getting too detailed. I don't need to know about F Butch Lopper. And older sister Ellen. Uh, her parents divorced when she was five. Her mother remarried and divorced again. Well, this is going to create someone who goes into the arts. Yeah, time after time. <laughs> yeah, this is like a tried and true method to uh, create a great performer. Create an artist, yeah. Somebody look at me, please. Pain is pain is art. As a child, she listened to such artists as the Beatles and Judy Garland. At age hey, Judy Garland, man, in the theater, this all this all checks out. At age twelve, she began writing songs and playing an acoustic guitar given to her by her sister, whose name is Ellen. Lopper expressed herself with a variety of hair colors and eccentric clothing. She was a real uh, Tom, uh, Tamaguchi 6'9 of her time. Yeah. <laughs> she was a real Tamaguchi 6'9 for sure of her time. Yeah. Took a friend's advice to spell her name as C-Y-N-D-I rather than C-I-N-D-Y. Uh, her unconventional sense of style led to classmates bullying and throwing stones at her. Well... This will make a performer, man. Exactly. She's got to learn to dance because she's dodging all those stones. <laughs> <laughs> Lopper went to some high school but was expelled, although she later earned her GED. GED. She left home at 17 to escape her abusive stepfather intending to study art. Man, this has all the makings of a great performer. Yeah, a runaway stepfather, abusive stepfather, abusive right. stepfathers, bullying in high school. Mm, it's perfect, and that's why bullying should stay in schools. Oh man, got a guitar. The guitar was her only friend. This all checks out. So at seventeen, she left home to study art and get away from her abusive stepfather. Where are you gonna go? To get accepted, Jason. Where is everybody going to love you? Uh, Florida. Eventually, her journey took her to Canada. Everybody's nice in Canada. They're all like, no, you're fine. We want to throw rocks at you, but we don't have it in us. That's right. 
<laughs> that independent American spirit of throwing rocks. Yeah. Or paper or scissors. Yeah. They don't have the 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 bravado, the guts, the glory, that reactionary uh, tendency to just throw rocks immediately based <laughs> on how you feel. <laughs> <laughs> they lack that, those idiots. Yeah. <laughs> her journey took her to Canada, where she spent two weeks in the woods with her dog, Sparkle, trying to find herself. Damn, time after time. Yeah, it's going to take longer than two weeks to find yourself. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. She eventually traveled to Vermont, where she took art classes at Johnson State College and supported herself working odd jobs. In 2019, Lopper gave the commencement address at Northern Vermont University. Johnson, the academic institution that now includes Johnson State. In the early 1970s, Lopper performed as a vocalist with various cover bands. One, called Doc West, covered disco songs as well as Janis Joplin. A later band, Flyer, was active in the New York metropolitan area, singing hits by, it sounds, New York metropolitan area sounds like off-off-Broadway, if you you know. <laughs> yeah. Sounds like you're from Jersey is what you're you're telling me. (laughs) Singing hits by bands including Bad Company, Jefferson Airplane, and Led Zeppelin. So she was doing covers. Although Lopper was performing on stage, she was not happy singing covers. In 1977, Lopper damaged her vocal cords and took a year off from singing. She was told by doctors that she would never, you'll never sing again, but regained her voice with the help of vocal coach Katie... Agresta. Damn. In 1978, Lopper met some saxophone player through her manager, blah, blah, blah. They formed a band named Blue Angel, blah, blah, blah. Somebody liked her, yada, yada, yada. This is 1983 to 1985. She's so unusual. She's only 20 years old. She has skyrocketed to success. She's out of the grips of her evil stepfather. This is a real Cinderella story. Although, if you looked at the picture, you might go... Beautiful American journey. Yeah, this could have... This... She should have written a musical. Yes. Based... And based off her life to write a more... uh, Something a little more raw. Like a more modern Cinderella. Right. It would have been like that Romeo and Juliet uh, reboot with with Leo. Just throwing a little rock in there. She's she's got all the musical, you know, talents over there. She's got it. On October 14th, 1983, Lopper released her first solo album, She's So Unusual. The album became a worldwide hit, peaking at number four in the U.S. and reaching the top five in eight other countries. The primary studio musicians were some dude, some dude, some dude, some dude, and some dude. Lopper became popular with teenagers and critics in part due to her hybrid punk image, which was crafted by stylist Patrick Lucas. Let's check out this Lucas fellow. What else has he crafted? Crafted? Uh, I don't like Uh, when they create these people in a lab. Yeah. Patrick Lucas doesn't even have a link. What a a loser. (laughs) I would love a link. Lopper co-wrote four songs on She's So Unusual, including the hits Time After Time and She Bop. On the songs she did not write, Lopper sometimes changed the lyrics, such as the case with Girls Just Want to Have Fun, which she changed the lyrics to... Good times? Girls Just Want to Have Good Times. Which just want to have good times. Okay, yeah, see? Lopper found the original... You know what we're talking about here, people. <laughs> well, here you go. Lopper found the original lyrics to be misogynistic, so she wrote the song as an anthem for young women. 
Um, <laughs> I like the idea of girls just want to have fun being fully written by a man. <laughs> <laughs> like, you're going to get a great perspective there. Right, right. <laughs> the album includes five cover songs, including the five cover songs. That's a lot. Different times. I feel like I that's guess. a lot for an album. Yeah, for a... You got to fill it out, though, you know? Fill, but that's like putting tissues in your bra, you know? No, I don't think so. If if you're reinventing the tissues a little bit. Okay. <laughs> it's your twist on tissues, Chase. <laughs> Go with me here. Uh, Lopper won Best New Artist at the 1985 Grammy Awards. She's So Unusual received nominations for Album of the Year, Record of the Year, Best Female Vocal Performance, Pop. Uh, for Girls Just Want to Have Fun, and Song of the Year for Time After Time. She wore all... Oh, whoa. All right. This is her Gaga type... Uh, yeah, she paved the way. She wore almost a pound of necklaces at her award ceremony. She was covered in necklaces. She was covered in necklaces, yeah. Yeah, see? Gaga's a... She's just... She's a copier. Yeah. Necklaces is pretty much meat. Mm, now I'm getting hungry. She also won the Grammy for Best Album Package. Weird. Which went to the art director Janet Purr. Okay, so she was nominated for album of the year, but it doesn't. I told her I've told Cindy many a times. Nice package. Whoa! Wow. Yeah. And she pulled <laughs> tissues out and was like, <laughs> "It's just tissues." How about this little tidbit? I almost made this one of my topics one time. In 1985, Lopper participated in USA for Africa's famine relief fundraising single "We Are the World." which sold more than 20 million copies since then. Lopper appeared with professional wrestler Hulk Hogan, who played her bodyguard and would also later make many appearances as herself in a number of the World Wrestling Federation's Rock and Wrestling Connection events and played Wendy Richter's manager in the inaugural WrestleMania event. So she's into... She's in... Rest, this is like... Totally 80s here, man. Dude, this lady's awesome. She's, she, she, yeah, she's just a smart businesswoman that, like, that's great to, like, kind of keep keep with the young, with the youth and stuff. Well, that's awesome. Yeah, keeping with the youth. Keeping, she is the youth, man, at this point. she's That's what I mean. Yeah. I mean, yeah, she's, it's great. Uh, and keeping with the youth, in 1985, she released the single, The Goonies Are Good Enough, with a backwards, well, not with a backwards, but with an R for R. The Goonies, like Toys R Us style, from the soundtrack, uh, the Goonies soundtrack, and an accompanying video which featured several wrestling stars. I mean, I want to see some wrestling clips of Cindy Lauper here. That's funny. So I'm sure a lot of um, wrestling fans are very much aware of uh, Cindy La uh What's her last name? Leopard? Come on, Jason. Come on. Pay attention in class here. Cindy. You know it's Lauper. Lauper. Uh, yeah, a question from the troll in the back. Oh, me. Yeah. Eat <laughs> you. <laughs> okay, let's see how her marriage turned out here because didn't really have a good foundation growing up. So, because of a friendship with Yoko Ono, Lopper took part in the May 1990 John Lennon tribute concert in Liverpool, performing the Beatles song Hey Bulldog and the John Lennon song Working Class Hero. Ugh, I love that song. Hey, Bulldog. <laughs> <laughs> that classic. How does it go? How does the rest of that go? I forget. Yeah, don't make it bad. 
Don't make hey bulldog. Don't make it bad. Take a sad song. Take a take a sad dog. Take a sad dog and make it better. Uh, we, I don't think we have the rights to this. I'm sorry. We can't finish that. Cut it out. All right. She also took Cut part in Ono and Lennon's son Sean's project called the Peace Choir. Wait, where was the marriage? A Night to Remember, Lopper's third out. Al- a Night to Remember. I feel like that was maybe one of my prom themes or something. It was released in the spring of 1989. Blah, blah, blah. I don't see marriage. Oh. <laughs> On November 24th, 1991, Lopper married actor David Thornton. And that's all it says about that guy. All right. So, you know, she's still alive. Does he have a, w- does he have a wiki article? He does. You want to know what he's been in? Is she? Yeah, a little bit because it sounds familiar. Uh, he is an American actor. He has appeared in John Q, Home Alone Three, as Earl Unger, Law and Order, The Notebook, and Other Women Among Us. Uh, he is the husband of Grammy Award-winning singer and songwriter. They're still together. That's beautiful. Hey, good for yeah. them, man. Nice. Good for that. That is so rare, a celebrity couple, Ho- and especially in Hollywood. Yeah, getting together. She was just she was a shy under thirty, and they're still together. Look at that. It gets better, man. Hell yeah. And she's still alive. Right. Still killing it. Well, anyway, she she was still uh still rocking it in the 90s. She had kids in the 90s. Uh she's been on The Simpsons, blah blah blah. You know, she's an icon at this point. What else? I mean, she's done the celebrity apprentice. Uh, that's too bad. She came in sixth place. She did that Memphis Blues album, Christmas album, Kinky Boots, touring, blah, blah, blah. How, is she in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame at this point? She's got to be, right? I know, right? Not yet, probably. I don't see it here, but let me just go all the way to the top. It does not say it, but uh, maybe under Legacy here. Here's here's Legacy. Let's go to Legacy and end the episode here. Lopper was described by all musics. Lindsay Planner as, quote-unquote, an iconoclastic vocalist who revolutionized the role of women in rock and roll. Over her 40-year career, she influenced multiple recording artists, including Katy Perry. Hey, that's what you said. I know, bro. I know my pop. I know my pop. I don't know my actual pops, but I know my pop music. (laughs) All right, so over her 40-year career, she influenced multiple recording artists, including Katy Perry, Lady Gaga, Vanessa... Paradis? Do you know who that is? Vanessa, no. I don't. Vanessa Carlton? Uh, Tegan and Sarah. Due to her success and influence, Lopper has been inducted in both into both the Hollywood and Songwriters Hall of Fame, but not the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? Mm. Uh, what? Yeah. That's fun. I don't know, man. Okay. Some dude of Spotify notes that she's so unusual and her distinctive idiosyncratic appearance quote-unquote helped popularize the image of punk and new wave for America, making it an acceptable part of the pop landscape. Rolling Stone magazine stated that her debut was quote-unquote arguably the first time explicitly punk-influenced elements were front and center on the pop landscape both musically and via Lopper's Patrick Lucas-style ensembles dressing up the draw Reagan decade in feminist chutzpah. 
The album ranked number. Yo, Matt, Matt props to Patrick. Uh, yeah, Lucas. I don't know why he doesn't have his own link. It sounds like he really influenced he keeps, the he, '80s. Yeah, he keeps getting uh, talked about with his style. I got a funny. And when I look at her, I'll, I, I, it screams the '80s. Because she, in the zoom picture behind me, she looks about '80. No. <laughs> Hey, 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 have some respect. My bad. She's not even dead yet. <laughs> hey, in my dreams she is. Oh, yeah, that's right. Uh, the album ranked at number 487 on Rolling Stone's list of the 500 albums of all time in 2003. Just squeezing in there. The album ranked at number 41 on Rolling Stone's list of women who rock. The 50 Greatest Albums of All Time in 2012. Rolling Stone loves their lists. The Rolling Stone Review stated, quote-unquote, a wild, a wild and wonderful skyrocket of a voice. Weird, Whopper's extraordinary pipes connect with the right material. The results sound like the beginning of a whole new golden age. 30 years after its release, the album was praised as everlasting and a once-in-a-lifetime album. Here we go. They they should talk about the legacy of girls just want to have fun on karaoke. I mean, my Good goodness, it's right up there with Don't Stop Believing, you know? Yeah, that's true. Whoa, wait a minute. Her iconic cover and rearrangement of Girls Just Want to Have Fun established her as a feminist icon. Oh, so it's a cover? What? I didn't know it was a cover. I thought this was her. Weird, uh, I thought what? she invent. She, I thought she wrote "Girls Just Want to Have Good Times." Okay, "Girls Just Want to Have Fun" is a song written and first recorded in 1979 by American musician Robert Hazard. It is better known. I guess he did the misogynist version, probably. <laughs> Yo, I want to take a listen to this misogynist version of "Girls Just Want to Have Fun." <laughs> yeah. The whole first minute of the song is just heavy breathing, <laughs> but like with the but with a good beat in the background. Yeah. Oh, great beat. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, the song was written by Robert Hazard, who recorded only a demo of it in 1979. His version was written from a male point of view. Lopper's version appeared on the 1983 debut album uh, solo record. She's so unusual. Her song, Time After Time, has been covered by over 100 artists and was ranked number 22 on Rolling Stone's 100 Best Songs of the Past 25 Years and at number 19 on VH1's 100 Greatest Songs of the 80s. Also, her song, True Colors, is an LGBT... There's no Q on here, but it's an LGBT anthem, after which True Colors United, which advocates for runaway and homeless LGBT youth, is named... Hey, that's a good legacy. I mean, yeah, no shit. Happily married for years. Yep. She's still killing Changed it. Changed the game for women and rock and roll. Saving the world. Yeah, she's 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 unmisogynizing songs. I mean, before before it was cool to do that. <laughs> exactly. Before it was cool to just not. Well, you get it. Holy shit. Like I said, I think this is a new another record, which I thought we held on the last time we got together. But nice, this is came. This is spit it out, Jason. Spit. I'm tongue twisted right now because I didn't believe it, and you were just like, "Oh, I mean, we'll find, like, we'll connect it." Which I get, I get. Like, yes, we will connect it eventually. But the fact that we got it in like technically what two, three clicks, three tops pretty fat i don't know we did uh we did your topic which i still can't pronounce the special mission special uh 
not mission, special <laughs> expedition. <laughs> special expedition, Rochambeau. Then uh, we briefly went to Lafayette Square Park, whatever. That didn't really count. Back to Rochambeau. Yeah. Then musicals. Yes, because yeah, they had musicals a musical from about Rochambeau. Rochambeau. Cindy Lauper, we're there, man. And we also, you know, we briefly went to like Robert Hazard. We briefly went to some other clicks. Kinky Boots. Kinky we made boots. it to Kinky Boots. That's true. We dabbled. We did some dabbling along the it way. Was great. You know, stop. We pulled off at an exit here and there to to try the uh, try the crepes. Hey, you know me. I I'll try the crepes, especially if they're Greek. If you know what I mean. <laughs> we know what you mean. Alrighty, guys, uh, you can catch me at Laftinas on Instagram or at Jason Nunez on Twitter. I had a lot of fun on this episode of Wiki University. You can catch us at Wiki University, I believe, right? On Instagram. On Instagram. Wiki University on Instagram, and I'm also on Instagram at Kyle Berseth, and people can listen to my other podcast, The Roamers Book Club, wherever you're listening to this podcast. And finally, uh, music for the show was provided by Davey and the Chains. And that's it. Follow us on wherever and subscribe. And uh, give us a five-star rating, too. Give us a five-star rating and a topic. I'll do whatever. To- Again, it has to be wikipedia Correct, Kyle? Well, no. People can send in a topic, and we can, if there's not a wiki article of it, we'll find something that's adjacent. Okay, there you go. I'm adjacent. You know? Yeah, you're adjacent. Yeah, if you can't, yeah. So just throw a topic at, a, at us. If there is no uh, wiki article, we'll, we'll make it work. We can get things. We can move. We can shift things around abreast. Finesse it a little bit, you know? I like, to, I like me finessing some breasts. I know that much. Ooh, that's milky. And beans.